What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Zach Lewis, and you're listening to The Godcast. What's going on, everybody? Merry Christmas. It's currently Christmas Eve for me, about 4.50 in the afternoon. It's 10 degrees outside. It has been snowing for multiple days. Very windy. A lot of you know about the winter storm. It was 1 degree this morning when I went to work. But hope you all are doing very well. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the eternal plan of Christ the plan of God three in one to save his creation through Christ, always planned. I'm very excited about this, about this podcast. For me, I'm all alone today, but I did bring a fun drink. Those of you on YouTube who can see, I have a Gosling's ginger beer. These are awesome. And no, it's not actually beer. It is ginger ale. Get some good sound for you. I love how spicy it is. And Traverse City, Michigan. Great Lakes potato chips. Salt and vinegar. Um... They're the best ones. If salt and vinegar chips don't hurt your mouth when you're done with them, they're not good enough. That's all I have to say. But I think that we should get right into this. The start of this will be right in the start of the Bible. In the beginning, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 26, he said, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and all the earth over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Notice how he said, let us. God said, let us make men in our image. This is God three in one speaking. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were always there. First Peter 1.20 says, He, in Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Therefore, God and Jesus has always been with us and will always be with us. They are eternal beings. They created us. This brings us to Genesis 3, where sin enters the world. 
Genesis 3, 1 through 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst or the center of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And the woman gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then both of their eyes were opened. And they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard of the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man said to his, and the man and his wife hid themselves in the, from the presence of the Lord God walking among the trees of the garden. But the Lord said, called out to the man, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I have commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to me gave me of the fruit, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The first thing of this section is that man changes what God says to make it sound better for themselves. And Satan uses this, this, uses this to his advantage. In verse 3, But God said, You shall not eat of the tree of the fruit, the, the fruit of the tree of the, that is in the midst of the garden. But Eve adds, Neither shall you touch it. And God didn't say that. The second point is that Satan is our absolute enemy. He hates us. His purpose is to be the ultimate deceiver of us. 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. This is exactly what he does in this passage. He makes his word seem the best for us for a short time until we realize that he has been deceiving us the whole time. This brings us to the first sin ever committed was paid for by a sacrifice. In Genesis 3.21, it says, And the Lord made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Therefore, God had to sacrifice an animal to give them clothes. And this is a preview of sins needing to be paid by sacrifice. In between these sections of verses is the first prophecy of Jesus. In verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. I believe the most accurate word-for-word translations of these words, bruise your head, are actually crush your head. This is the first prophecy of Jesus' victory over the power of death because bruising of a heel is, it's hindering, but it's not a death blow, but crushing of the head is. There are many more prophecies of Jesus' coming in the Old Testament, such as Isaiah 9.6, for 
to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This brings us to the birth of Jesus. In Matthew 1, 18-25, now the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph, which is like engagement, before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that is which, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This passage in Matthew 1 is a direct fulfillment of the prophecy of Jesus in Isaiah 7, where it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. This is great news. John one fourteen, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The good news, Jesus' birth is a fulfillment of prophecy and word given from the angel, specifically that he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' life, although there are books out there about Jesus' life before his ministry, there, there are more stories than truth about him. There's little in the Bible about Jesus before his ministry. We do know that growing up with Joseph, Jesus did work as a carpenter. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, starting out in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount. I believe this is the most popular sermon in the Bible. He talks about many things in the sermon, including Things that are very relevant to us today, including anger, lust, divorce, anxiety. There are also some controversial things that Jesus talks about in this sermon, including loving your enemies, judging others, which we just did an episode on. And I believe the most controversial thing he talked about in this passage was Matthew 5, verse 21 to 23. Actually, chapter 7, I'm sorry. Where he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them, 
plainly, I never knew you. Away with me, you evildoers. What he is talking about here is that you cannot get into heaven by good works, but only by grace through faith in Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Jesus' whole mission on earth was to give us a way to be forgiven. John three sixteen, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. And I read on through verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that he, that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things and hates the light does not come to the light, lest his work shall be exposed. But whoever does what is true and comes to the light, so that he, that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. John fourteen sixteen. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. If you had known me, you would know my Father also. All of these verses are the gospel. Jesus coming into the world was some of the best possible news for us. I want to reiterate that Jesus' whole mission on this earth, coming to the earth, was to give us a way to be forgiven. John 3.16 again, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus died for our sins and rose again, defeating death. Jesus was hated back in that day because of who he is and what he's done. He was beaten, mocked, scorned, whipped upon his back, given a crown of thorns, and was given a cross, a cross that he would shed his blood upon for every one of your sins that you have and will ever commit. Each one of us is guilty of Jesus' death. Although Adam and through Adam and Eve, we have a sin nature and have fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came to the world to fix this. He came to wash our dirty hearts white as snow, give us a free gift of everlasting life that we absolutely never deserved. Christ lived a life that we could not live, died a death that we could not die, endured suffering that we could not endure and rose from the grave defeating death that only he can defeat. Jesus paid our fine on that cross. Our sin created a never-ending debt that we could never pay. Christ gave up his own life 
for us to be with him forever. His death would not terminate the divine mission that was set in place for eternity, an eternal plan to save the lost world. Death thought it had won. But when Jesus rose from the grave on the third day, he put death into the grave. This is amazing news. This is this is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. What should our response be to this? Our response should be repent and trust in Jesus. Believe that he truly came into the world, lived a perfect life, died and rose again just for your sins. Without him, you are already condemned in your sin, according to John 3.18. And rejoice. He has made a way for us to live forever. Be forever thankful for our Savior. And how, how do you become saved? I want to reiterate this again. Simply believing that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and not trusting in your own works. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Believe that Jesus came to the earth, died, and rose again just for your sins. And confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. It's the best news that we possibly have. I pray that you would accept Jesus. I pray that he would affect your life. I pray that this podcast would affect your life and you would accept him. And this is about all I have for this podcast for today. But again, I just hope that this podcast and Christmas would turn you to Christ. I pray that you would find the true meaning of Christmas in Christ. Thank you guys for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. I know this podcast was short. I didn't have too much, but God bless you guys. We love you. If you're on YouTube, comment down below how you guys are doing and what we can do better here. Love you guys.